KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. Lots to talk about when it comes to the economy, and we are going to do just that as we have our weekly check-in now with David Fiorenza, Associate Professor of Practice, Villanova School of Business. We talk unemployment, we talk retail sales, we talk concerns in the housing sector. Good conversation. Give a listen. Another week with a big jobless claims number, one and a half million, basically what we saw the week before. What are your thoughts and where are we going with this? It seems like it's getting lower, but we've kind of plateaued here, I feel like, the last few weeks. It sure looks that way, Matt, even though uh, the numbers are, are going down, but the the percent and the slowing is going down. So they're going down every week, but they keep adjusting the prior week upward a little, a little bit because they're getting more and more information. So I'm looking to find out when can we be below that magical number of jobless claims of 1 million people filed per week. When we look at the, the, the pool of jobs, what do you think here over the next few months are jobs that we're going to start seeing returning in some big numbers? And what jobs do you think just might never be coming back? Well, I do see that about 80% of restaurants and small retailers are opened throughout the country, but they're not open to capacity. They're opened up 25%, 30%, 35%. And a lot of restaurants have spent lots of money on outdoors for tents, for tables, for uh, COVID-19, for for a lot more disinfectants, things like that. So I'm not sure if they're going to get back to 100% this year. This is going to be a very, very slow process. I know America is spending, but they're spending on essentials not luxury items. So I have concerns on the big box stores, such as a place like Neiman Marcus, who a little while ago filed for bankruptcy. What will they look like in the future? So my concern is that all the luxury items, if people are not buying that, they're still spending, but not as what they did pre-COVID. We talked a little bit about this last week with that uh, that federal unemployment. The extra 600 bucks is set to run out at the end of next month. When we keep looking at these first-time unemployment claims that are you know, still north of a million, it seems to me that every week it becomes harder and harder to believe that that's not going to be extended by Congress or some new program is going to become in place. They, they kind of have to do something, don't they? That's correct, Matt. They have to do something, whether they extend the benefits or whether they give incentives to get people back to work. They have to do something. The fact is that the Federal Reserve who are doing a very good job, I believe, they're predicting unemployment to still be around 9 to 9.5% by year end and maybe drop down to 6, 6.5% by the end of 2021, which is still nowhere near where we were in February of this year of 3.5%. I saw an interesting poll, I think it was in the New York Post, that more than half of Americans surveyed in this poll had recently asked for financial help from friends and family to make a mortgage payment. And the same poll said that 35% of people actually skipped the mortgage payment. Is this a, I mean, we know the, the why this is happening, but could this turn into a really big problem if this starts to spiral out of control as far as what we saw in the housing industry a dozen years ago? 
This is something the Federal Reserve is concerned about, and it's also the Economic Development Council in the Trump administration is concerned about this. I don't think we want to see foreclosures. Now, the, the concern is that, that people have mortgages. They may not have as much money saved to be able to pay off the mortgages or even pay every month. Unemployment and even the pandemic money may not give them the ability to pay their mortgages every month because they still have expenses. They still have utilities. They still have car expenses. They still have health care insurance. So my concern is I'm, I'm a little nervous. I don't want to see a lot of foreclosures like we did in the last recession, like you said, 10 years ago. And that's something that kind of has a ripple effect, doesn't it, uh, with with other things? Because that leads into tax base for municipalities and stuff like that. I mean, that could that could really kind of light a fire we can't put out very easily. You're right, and I've been following a few municipalities in the in the suburban four county area, and. Luckily, a lot of them had collected their real estate taxes early, such as February and March, before COVID really, really hit. But what could happen is if someone did not pay their upcoming school taxes, which are usually due July 1st, August 1st, September 1st, by the next year, that could go to lien. And when it goes to a lien, it goes to the county and then eventually to a sheriff's sale. I'd really hate to see that because this multiplier effect not only affects the public sector of municipalities, but it affects the county taxes, and it also affects the school district taxes as well. So I don't know if you're going to see some school districts and some counties and some townships relax the payments and say, we're going to give you an extra 30 days, 60 days, maybe even 90 days grace period. Some have already started looking into that in their public meetings, from what I can tell. Uh, One bright spot in the economy retail sales were much better than people thought i think it was like 17.7 percent up in may over april uh i guess that shows number one places are opening so there's obviously more opportunity but also that people kind of been hungry to get out there and shop that's true and some of that 17.7 percent and not that i'm trying to to be a debbie downer but some of that is online sales but people are opening up their stores opening up their restaurants more people are shopping more possibly even taking day trips to maybe some counties that are already in the green. I'm hearing of people who are actually traveling two and three hours west of us to go shop in different areas, go to wineries, maybe go to brew pubs, restaurants, and visit places. So you're going to see a lot more of this, what I call staycation, day tripping, maybe overnight if possible in the tri-state area. So I'm Concerned about retail sales are still down 6% from a year ago. So I want to see if we're going to continue to spend and we're going to continue to spend into the summertime as well. Saw that Target has announced it's going to raise its minimum wage to 15 bucks. And given we've seen during this COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen so many platitudes for retail workers, grocery store workers, do you start? We think we will start to see more people kind of put their wallet where their mouth is as far as big corporations. And this we'll see a lot of companies kind of raise the minimum wage for people that uh, have been getting a, you know, a figurative pat on the back for the last few months. I am so glad we were discussing this today, Matt. I would like to see the markets decide as opposed to government regulation telling all of us what we need to pay workers. If someone doesn't want to work, let's say, at a particular store because they're only paying 12 an hour, but yet Target's paying more, well, then the competition is going to say, we better up our ante a bit and have 
a salary the same as what Target is. I like to see that competition throughout the marketplace. And I know people are not going to go out and work for less than a certain wage. Where Even college, high school, semi-retired people are going to come back and they want to work for a really decent wage. I don't mind if I had a company paying a little bit more because I'm going to get a little bit more from those employees. I've seen Trader Joe's and Whole Foods up their salaries and up their hourly and it's very competitive and now you're seeing it with target so i want to see the markets control that a little bit better of the large corporations and be able to say okay let's see what profit margins we have and let's see what dividends we're paying to our shareholders and maybe we can go up a dollar or two i always felt as though minimum wage should have been raised 25 cents a year and we, we would already be up to 10 to $12 at this point and not at the federal level below $8. And really, if, you know, if you're talking the, the lower paying in these, if they, these get up to $15, $17 an hour, we could really see some overall movement on the, that average wage that, uh, I mean, prior to the pandemic was really something people were looking at, uh, correct? That's correct. Wages were increasing the past three years. A lot of the cities, it's very expensive to live in. And a lot of the cities uh, in hospitality, tourism jobs, people sometimes are working more than one job a week. So they're working more than 30 hours a week to make ends meet. Because when you see a city revitalize themselves and they call it gentrification, well, we know what happens with gentrification. Rents go up and people struggle to be able to afford to live in the city. We don't want to see these workers having to travel by by bus, train, and bicycle two hours to go work at a major hotel in the city. Uh, we like to see housing near where they work, and that's more efficient, it's more productive, uh, and it's also good for the overall economy. A lot of talk about budgets. We've seen Philadelphia present a revised budget. Oh, what are some things you're looking for in uh, municipal budgets? Boy, that's a great question because I've been dealing with a few municipalities right now in the suburbs. I've been following Philadelphia so close. And what a situation Philadelphia was in in January. They were in a surplus. And when COVID-19 hit, uh, a lot of the sales taxes, the hotel taxes started to drop off there, the wage taxes as as well. So I'm going to see the fact I'm going to see lots of municipalities really tighten their budgets, use some of their fund balance, maybe use some of their unassigned what we call rainy day funds to try and balance out their budgets for next year's. But I do see lots of tax increases coming, maybe not at state levels, but I do see them at city levels and at the lower levels because it's going to be hard to balance those budgets. And every week we kind of end. Uh, is there anything that maybe isn't in the headlines now that you're keeping an eye on that we should uh, be keeping an eye on, too? Well, I'm taking a look at the Dow Jones and it's it's up and everyone's excited that it's up this week. I still want to caution the, the fact that we're still down 8% year-to-date, and we're down 2.5% on a one-year rolling average. So I always caution that the Dow Jones and the S&P and the NASDAQ and all those markets are basically future markets. They're looking down the road. I like looking at housing, housing markets. I want to know how many building permits are being issued in the last month throughout the tri-state area because when you talk about housing and building permits that's when you're talking about plumbers electricians hvac people masonry bricklayers and that's the kind of thing that really stimulates your economy and i know there's a lot of developers out there that are very cautious and i can't blame them that's it for this episode of kyw in-depth coronavirus 
For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.